Welcome to the MHI Business Intelligence Podcast, where we interview industry leaders to learn about their success strategies and insights. Gain unique insights into industry practices and an awareness of complex supply chain challenges and how to maneuver successfully. In the supply chain industry, operational performance is crucial for success. It requires a deep understanding of the industry, adapting to change, and a commitment to continuous improvement. Leaders prioritizing operational excellence can gain a competitive advantage by investing in technology, infrastructure, and a skilled workforce. In short, operational performance is the lifeblood of the supply chain industry, and those who prioritize it will find success in today's fast-paced marketplace. Joining us today are Brett Wood, CEO of Toyota Material Handling North America, and Scott Somerville, President and Chief Executive Officer at Mitsubishi Electric Automation. Our first question is, how do you measure operational performance? Yes, Brett, we'll go to you. So uh, it's a great topic, and uh, we measure uh, different metrics uh, every day. There's a lot of visibility to each one so that all the associates, all the employees can see the metrics um, with a lot of visual aids. There's a lot of transparency. Uh, some of the ones that we start with are uh, safety, quality, uh, efficiency, and on-time delivery. Each morning, we have a meeting. It's around 7 in the morning, and it's called an adrenaline meeting. And it's in our adrenaline room. And every day, we have uh, the managers and the leaders come to this room. On the walls are all those topics, safety, quality, efficiency. Anything that happened yesterday, we want to see the metric of that to help us improve for the next day. And it could be anything related to even weather, suppliers, absenteeism, anything that impacted the, the factory and the plant during that day, we want to make it better the next day. My advice would be if you want to have a meeting in 15 or 20 minutes with that many topics, have no chairs in the room. So we have no chairs in that room and the meeting uh, usually gets done in about 20 minutes. Great, yeah, uh, you know, very similar situation, Brett, at Mitsubishi Electric. So we have about 29 or 30 corporate, we call corporate KPIs. And it crosses over, it's not just operational, there's some sales and marketing related uh, goals as well. And we employ visual management, much like mm -hmm. Brett was talking about. Uh, we don't have one room or one board. We actually have, each department has a, uh, a board that uh, hangs in their area. This is where we, we tie departmental goals to our uh, corporate strategic goals. Mm. And so everyone has a line of sight. They can see it uh, right there. Once a month, we do a review. And like Brett was saying, there's no chairs. This is people walking around. Mm. And a lot of people are online as well. We, we, want this to make, we want this to be very inclusive. So there's probably 68, 70 people from within the company that participate in these review meetings. There's someone from each department that reviews their particular board, talks about, are they red or green? Are they doing well or are they behind? And we actually call it embracing the red. We want um, uh, challenging goals. So if there's a lot of red, that's okay. We know people have challenges they're working towards. The key thing is the countermeasures. What are they doing to do better and improve? So we do this once a month, each board um, in two different sessions. 
and transparency would be crucial to increasing operational performance. How do you remain transparent? We want as much visibility as possible. We believe in being very open, very transparent. So once a month also, I'll do a, a video message to all of our employees and I'll talk about the financial performance of the business. I'll talk very candidly about the, uh, the good things, the bad things, the challenges we have and so on. And I constantly get a lot of really good feedback on those uh, video sessions and uh, being open and transparent. Yeah, very similar to Toyota, similar culture about visibility. It's all about being transparent and um, not hiding anything, no surprises. Matter of fact, we have a little bit of a, of a rule or a saying when we go to a meeting, give the bad news first. Mm. And bad news before good news and challenge that. And problems are not always bad. You know, don't hide the problems, uh, bring the problems forward. We, one of our corporate founders at Toyota many years ago said that if you have no problems, that's the worst problem of all. So what are some examples of philosophies or approaches to continuous improvement that you're familiar with? And how do they impact a business's decision-making process? Kaizen, continuous improvement, is one uh, area and element that I'm, I'm sure many people are aware of. And uh, Hoshin, Hoshin Conry, uh, another philosophy. So for example, Hoshin uh, activity, could be very structured and also dynamic in, in how it could change your, your direction or a business decision. Uh, it could involve new technology, maybe even automation. It'd be a significant change uh, in significant direction. Whereas Kaizen is probably a little bit more about small continuous improvements, try to uh, happen every day even. And the spirit of that is uh, no idea is a bad idea. Bring, bring your Kaizen ideas forward, whether they're related to anything, safety, quality, like I mentioned earlier, or efficiency. Like I said, small ones are, are, are just as good as big ones, big ideas. Uh, we have a phrase that we like to say that small hinges can swing big doors. So small Kaizen ideas are good. Keep bringing them to, the, to your leaders and you never know um, what big door that might open uh, in the future. You know, Brett's bringing up a great point regarding no idea is a bad idea. I think there's a lot in industry today about innovation, and I would put continuous improvement mm. in the same bucket. You've got to create a culture where you reward risk-taking to a reasonable degree. That would apply to trying to improve a process, also developing a new product or new opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it really starts at the top. And it's obvious in hearing Brett that he's passionate, as I am, about these things. You've got to really create that real uh, positive environment, but allow people to take risks and make sure they understand if they fail and there was good intention, they're going to be rewarded, let alone harmed or, or ostracized. Yeah, I agree. It starts at the top with all the leaders. And maybe many, many years ago, there was a culture of the raised nail would get hammered down. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we can't have that anymore. You know, they, they can't be afraid to, to bring ideas to their leaders or their manager. And, and we need to recognize that and reward that right. as much as possible. And I think, uh, you know, and I don't know if Brett would agree with this or not, but I know in our business, we're given, we being myself and my team, are given a fair degree of autonomy to mm. implement um, a lot of uh, these initiatives and programs and so on that, that speak to culture. Um, 
And so that, that phrase you used, uh, the raised nail gets hammered down, I think that's probably old school old Japan, school. but I yeah. think some of that still does exist. Mm. Uh, but I think what we've done is we've taken the best of Japanese business culture and we've mixed that with uh, the best of American business culture and really mm. tried to uh, develop good organizations as a result. I think really you want to take advantage of everything that's available. But here's what I will say is it's important to have a team that is intellectually curious mm -hmm. and has a strategic mindset. As Brett was saying, there's you know no particular technology, but if you have that intellectual curiosity and strategic mindset, you will find the best answers, the best solutions uh, to your problems for continuous improvement. So if other companies want to make improvements to the operational performance, what kind of advice would you give out and where would you start? At Toyota, we believe in starting with the hiring process, making sure that you get the, the people on your team that are passionately curious and are problem solvers. So we have a strategic hiring process now that actually targets those people that would fit into our culture, um, exhibit our core values as best as possible, and getting the right people on the team that will look for continuous improvement ideas and, and be problem solvers. And those are good things to find in, a, in an interview process. Um, and, and then once they're hired on the team, just listening to their voice, listening to their ideas, and to have a diverse team. So you get diverse ideas, um, you know, different mindsets uh, coming to the team to work together on solving the same problem. Matter of fact, getting the, the team together and, and listening to ideas, we even tell our managers, you were given you know, two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> listen twice as much as you talk. Listen, listen to everybody and try to get their ideas. And, and then thirdly, I would say after hiring and, and listening, um, cross-training is, is also a really good element um, and some advice I would bring, give to other companies. Um, making sure that each person understands what their teammate is doing. So if you can cross-train them a little bit, they, they'll have more empathy for, for their job. And everybody has a customer. Everybody is a supplier to something or someone. Whether you're on a factory line or you're in an office environment, you're always either sharing an idea or working together with a team in that relationship. And if you know more about what that person did before you or after you with the cross-training, then uh, the team will work a, a lot closer together. Yeah, Brett alluded to this, but continuous improvement requires continuous learning. And whether you're learning from someone that sits next to you or whether you're learning from a supplier, um, take advantage of that. You know, even as CEOs, mm. we're constantly learning from our peers. You know, I'm a pretty voracious reader of business articles. I don't, I don't like to necessarily read books, but you know, those three, four page articles I think can be very insightful and there's a lot of good current information out there on what people are doing. And I think you just have to understand that no matter where you're at in your career, uh, it's a continuous learning process and you, and you have to do that. That gets back to that aspect of intellectual curiosity that I talked mm -hmm. about, uh, strategic mindset. You know, Brett talked about hiring uh, the right individuals. And I think some of it can be learned. I mean, everyone's looking to 
adapt and, and so on, but obviously there's some foundational elements that you want to look for so that people are a good fit. And so what are some ways in which your company recognizes and rewards employees for their contributions to operational performance? In formal ways. So we have awards, we call them GEM awards. I just signed off on a lot of GEM awards for the, the quarter. Um, we also do it somewhat informally. I think the greatest thing is people get recognized in a group or recognized among their peers. And so I will routinely, I mentioned the monthly videos I do on financial performance and I'll talk about other things, and I will single out uh, teams and departments and individuals for their great work in, in certain areas. And I think that really means a lot to people mm -hmm. to have that recognition coming from, again, the business leader uh, in that type of format where everyone in the company has the opportunity to see that. So that is probably better even than monetary awards and things like that, although we have those too. Yeah, I agree. It's a similar process at Toyota. We have about three or four areas that I could mention. Uh, one is we have an app, Toyota app, and it's in, internal. And you can give kudos to anyone. It's actually called kudos. And you can give it to anyone that you work with that did a good job that day or finished a big project. And that goes back to that recognition from your peers. Uh, it goes a long ways. Uh, secondly, we have a monthly uh, Kaizen Awards. And uh, that's recognizing about two to three people each month with a $300 award. And it could be about safety, quality, efficiency, or delivery, uh, any of the items that we look at for, uh, for Kaizen. Uh, and then thirdly, we have a quarterly award, and it's called our Toyota Core Value Award. And that goes out to four people that are nominated by their peers, voted on. And it's someone who exemplifies the core values of Toyota. And, but they're recognized, in, like you said, in front of um, a big audience of associates uh, quarterly. And they get some money, about $1,000. And they get a parking spot, which is maybe even worth more than the money. Uh, and then the fourth area is uh, just, uh, like you said, luncheons and recognition. It, that goes a long ways, um, especially to the team uh, spirit. Uh, but recognizing anybody with a continuous improvement Kaizen type award we like to say maybe too often, you know, trial and error, trial and error. And I think we should try to say more often, trial and success. Thank you, Brett and Scott, for your insights. And thanks for joining us today. For this and other business insights, you can visit the Business Intelligence Center on MHI.org. At MHI, we're happy to give you resources to take your supply chain leadership to the next level. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.